0: Welcome to C3 San Diego. Need something fresh, real, and powerful in your life? Connect with us on social media, get live stream service notifications, podcasts, and up-to-date information on upcoming events. We are so glad you're joining us for a powerful, life-transforming message from one of our C3 San Diego pastors. We would love to hear about how God is impacting your life through this ministry. Please share your experience with us at info at c3sandiego.com. If you'd like to be a part of what C3 Church is doing in the city of San Diego and beyond, you can contribute financially by going to c3give.com and choosing the giving option that works best for you. We hope you enjoy this message.
1: Amen, come on, let's give God a shout tonight. Come on, Jesus, we honor you. We thank you, God. We thank you, Jesus. Uh, could you do me a favor if you're if you're uh, seated, just to stand for a moment? Uh, not for me. Anytime we get you to stand, it has little to do with uh, the man, um, and more to do with what happens when you when you make a decision and a move in the physical. That's why you're going to see, and I'm, I'm just going to take a moment just to talk about, about culture because um, the reason that we get you to shout, the reason that we get you to clap, the reason that we get you to jump, the reason that we get you to stand up when all you want to do is sit down, the reason we get you to do that is because what we're trying to do is, is trying to train our physical and our flesh that it does not rule. It does not rule us. It does not rule who we are. It doesn't rule what we believe. It doesn't rule what's going to happen. So... Can I, can, I, can I just for, for a minute, for a minute, uh, until, until we get there? Because the, the mission and the goal is when you walk out of here, you walk out of here a different person. You walk out of here changed. You walk out of here with breakthrough. You walk out of here with a miracle. You walk out of here empowered and renewed. But it has less to do with what I say and more to do with how you receive and how you react. And and, and so for the next maybe 60 seconds, if we could just get to that place where we're ready to tell our body and our soul. So why so downcast? Put your hope in God. The Bible says that, that clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. So many times we're shouting for it. But the Bible doesn't say shout for it. It says, shout from it. Shout from triumph. Clap from triumph. Jump from it, jump of it. Not just for it, but you already got it. In other words, you're gonna possess it before you occupy it. You got it here, you got it now. We gotta change something in the physical before we can change it in the spiritual. Come on tonight, from the back to the front, Can we just get a little bit rowdy tonight? Not just because it's a 5 p.m., not just because of that, but can we get rowdy because we know that there's victory coming, there's breakthrough coming, there's the miraculous coming. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Can I I just get uh, myself up? In the monitors, if I can't hear myself, then I uh, I will kill your ears, <laughs> and I don't want that. I want you to, to enjoy it. Um, I want you to enjoy it. I, I want to uh, just one prophesy over Pastor Matt and Pastor Loren. who are you know when somebody gets up to lead lead a service and they have something clever to say. Or good to say, and you're like, wow, well, that, was, that was good. But then there's a difference when somebody comes up and there's a weight. There's a weight. There's a weight behind the words. That's why when Pastor Matt got up, he changed the atmosphere. He changed the atmosphere not just because he's cool and good looking, but he changed it because he has weight behind, behind his words. He's gone through things. Now he has a weight. And uh, you guys are just phenomenal. And that way, that, that season, that anointing of God, is not actually going to dwindle. It's, it's going to increase. It's going to increase. It's going to increase. And you're not going to have to force anything. You're going to see how you minister is going to change. You're going to step into something. You're not going to have to force anything to change. It's just going to change. It's going to change because God is going to be with you. And weight is going to follow both of you. It's going to be a new weight in your words. You're going to have a pause. In fact, how you preach, both of you, is going to change. How you lead on stage is going to change because you're going to know who you are because you've gone through something. In Jesus' name, God, we thank you for this couple. Let your hand be upon them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want to pray for the herds as well. They are an extraordinary couple. And you look good, Candy, that shirt. Looking really good. Can you guys just lift your hands? I, I just felt this. I just felt that God wanted to tell you that what he's about to do in you is going to be exceptional. But what he's about to do through you is going to be like nothing anybody has ever seen. You guys are going to disciple. You're going to lead. You're going to develop people unlike anything unlike anybody has seen, unlike anybody has heard. People are going to come to you, and you're going to be developers of them. You're going to see past the hurt. You're going to see past the facade that they put on, and you're going to see into their spirit. You're going to see into their. Peter and John were walking into the temple, and a man said, I, I need money, I need, I need this, and they saw past what he physically needed and saw what he actually needed. And that's what you guys will be doing with this generation. You're going to see past what they say they need and see what they really need. And you can be able to minister from that place. And as you minister from that place, people are going to get set free. And people who would have gone a different direction are now going to follow behind you. They're going to follow behind you because you saw what nobody else could see. And you ministered to a place that nobody else ministered to. Everybody walked by them, but you saw them. And you ministered. So God, right now, I thank you for this next season for their life a season of increase, a season of favor, a season, God, where they're going to step into all that you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, you guys can take your seat. Give somebody a high five. Thanks, team. Appreciate it. Big shout out as well to uh, Brad Jones and the team. Pastor Matt honored me, but, it, but it's actually not me. It's Brad Jones and the team who have just been killing it and uh, doing an exceptional job. And uh, God spoke to us, and, and really what he says, if you want to win the city, you have to be in the schools. Because we know where every single teenager is during the week, Monday through Friday, we know where it is. It's not a secret. We are foolish to not be there. But the devil has tried to put this off-limits kind of caution tape around the school. If you go in there, you, uh, you might have bad press. If you go in there, you're going to get pushed out. If you go in there, bad things are going to happen. And so we let the caution tape deter us from being impactful and changing the world. And so the, the team has got onto those schools, has done some incredible things. Uh, so great job, Brad Jones and the team. I also want to honor our senior pastors uh, who are incredible. Pastor Jurgen, Pastor Leanne, 25 years of marriage. They're amazing as well. I want to say happy birthday to your campus pastor, Pastor Becky, happy birthday. We love you. If you're watching online, we love you. And uh, your campus is in good hands, I promise. It is a little bit scary though when they're not here and I get to just just go, just just do my thing. You know what I mean? So if I just start running in the aisles and jumping up and down and you never know, you never know normally you're safe in the back normally normally that's a good place to hide and you can just kind of sit and just I'm just here to receive and I'm just here to but not with me you never know when I might come to the back and pull you out of your seat when I start talking about this everybody looks somewhere else yeah those are the ones I look for when you're asked for a volunteer and everybody's like, not me, I'm not here. If I close my eyes, they can't see me. And that's, that's what we do. But uh, so I, I just, I want everybody to participate in this because uh, what you get out of this is all determined by what you put into this. It's all determined by what you put into it. So, so from the back to the front to the middle section to whatever section you're sitting in tonight, let's give it our everything because Monday starts tomorrow and Monday comes challenges, comes trial, comes pain comes a bunch of other things, so let's give it our everything tonight so that when we step into Monday, we step into it a different me, a different person. Same Monday, different me. Amen? So that's what we're going to do. Let me tell you a couple stories. Uh, title of my message tonight is Battle Scars. Battle Scars. When I, uh, when I was maybe a junior or senior in high school, uh, I grew up in this small town in Oregon. And it was about, at that time, maybe 7,000 people. Uh, little redneck town where all the dudes, all they talked about was the 35s on their trucks. You don't even know what I'm talking about. But uh, so, some, some of you do. And, uh, and we had a building construction class, a woodworking class. It was, it was crazy. That's where I grew up. And uh, we had weightlifting class. And weightlifting class w- was, for a guy, w- was incredible. So we had this weightlifting class. The only thing was because uh, of my town, I don't know why, they, we had this weightlifting class at the top of the gym. And at the top of the gym, all the weights were inside of this caged area. It was like a little caged area that you would go into, they would close the gate behind you and you'd work out in there. And it was a chain link fence that we've all seen. Some of them are, are out here. And the chain link fence would intertwine and at the top of the chain link fence, it would go up and just stop like this with like two dagger-like uh, spikes sticking out of this fence. And so we get in there and we're lifting weights and we're going forward and we're trying to impress the ladies and we're bench pressing. And, and then we get distracted because when you're a teenager in high school, you just get distracted, especially a teenage guy. You only got so much attention and then you're off doing the, doing the next thing. And I remember I was, I was bench pressing and then my buddies all around me said to me, hey, Chittick, bro, which is my last name. That's what everybody calls me. I've actually never introduced myself as Chittick. They just automatically call me that. So he said, Chittick, bro, and and at that time, I wanted to be a Navy SEAL. I was training for it, I was going for it, it's what I wanted to do. Said, hey, bro, Chittick, if you really wanna be a Navy SEAL, you will climb up this fence, that's about 20 feet high, you will climb up this fence, get over the top of it, and get down before the teacher sees you. And you would think that I would have logic and wisdom at that moment. But I remember looking at my friends, shaking my head, You're right, so I start climbing up this fence. I start climbing up, we've all been there, climbing up this fence where my teacher's back is is turned. I climb up this fence, I get one leg over, I get the other leg over, I climb down the fence, I get down, I run back to my friends. Woo, guys, I did it, high five, high five. I did it, I'm gonna be a Navy SEAL, this is awesome. Bro, Jeddick, that was cool. But if you really wanna be a Navy SEAL, you will climb up the fence one more time and get over before the teacher sees. You're right. So I go climbing up one more time. I go climbing up, I put one leg over, the other leg over, jump down, run around to my friends. Woo, high five, guys, I did it. Twice in a row, teacher didn't see I'm going to be a Navy SEAL. Bro, that was awesome. But if you really want to be a SEAL, you will do it one more time. And at this point, I, I, I thought back to what my mama told me and my daddy told me and what my youth pastors told me and what the Bible told me. So I looked at them in the eyes and I said, You're right. (laughs) You're right. So I go climbing back up the fence. And and this is when everything changed. You know like in a movie when something bad's about to happen and the music changes and everything slows down and you're screaming at the television, there's somebody going to kill you behind you. So I start climbing up the fence and the music changes, and my teacher, who was minding his own business the entire time, decides to be a responsible teacher and turns towards where I am. And I climb up and I get one leg over. As I get one leg over, I look and my teacher's just about to look at me. And I'm thinking, what do I do? Do I just, do I lie to him? Do I I stay here? Do I try to be invisible and close my eyes? What do I do? And as he's turning, I get the other leg over and I'm thinking, okay, this is, it's fight or flight at this moment. What's the quickest way to get from up here down there? Jump. So remember it's this chain link fence and I remember closing my eyes and I released like I was jumping off of a cliff and my teacher was about to turn and I just jump and let go like this. The only thing is it's not that far of a fall and I should be on the ground. I should be safe, and I open up my eyes, and I look, and do you remember that chain link fence with spikes at the top? Well, when I let go, my arm did not. So I looked up, and my arm had been punctured through it with this metal spike, and I'm hanging from my arm, and my teacher is now staring at me. So I'm just waving at him, hi, just, uh, it works. Because my my left arm is, is immobile at this moment, I have to use my one arm like a zombie and climb up and pop my arm off of the fence. Needless to say, I got down, and, and I had a hole in my arm, and it was bleeding, and I had sliced my hand open, and I was bleeding everywhere. I had these wounds all, all over my body, and I would like to tell you that's the first time I made a decision like that, but it wasn't. When you're boys and you got a bike, you make ramps. It's just what you do. And you don't think, how can I construct this to where it's safe and secure and the best ramp there ever was? You get whatever, and you put it together, and you make it so that somebody somehow can go off of this ramp. So I remember bringing rocks and bringing wood scraps and bringing a plank. And we just laid it all down. And this ramp was like this high. It was like this high and secure with mud and sticks. Because we thought that when mud dries, it makes something hard and it, and it can't be moved. So we put mud and we put rocks and we put sticks. And, and, and again, I was with friends and, and friends that don't really want to encourage you that well. And they're telling me, Chittick, bro, go to the top of the hill because I lived on a hill. Go as fast as you can. Turn into this driveway and then jump off of the ramp. So I get up to the top of the hill and I have a sweet Huffy bike. You know Huffy where they pinch the the parts together instead of weld it? I had a Huffy bike with a faceplate on the front of it with a number eight. And I I remember going down the hill and I turned in in this this homemade ramp that we made. And I hit this ramp as fast as I could possibly go. And as I hit it, I fly. And I, I feel like I'm a professional BMX rider at this moment. The only thing is I'm not. And and what I should have done is I should have continued to hold onto the bike. But when you're that high in the air and you feel like you can conquer the world, you stop thinking about those things. So in midair, I let go of the bike and the bike continues to go this way. And I continue to go this way. And I fly through the air like Superman, except I'm not flying, I'm falling. And I fly, and then I smack the ground, and I, and I fracture both of my wrists and bust my chin open so blood's going everywhere. I would like to tell you that was the only time. <laughs> I'm, I'm riding my bike again, and in uh, and, and Oregon it's really wet, and for some reason when you're duty, you're just like jumping over everything. So there's a bunch of leaves on the ground, and I'm trying to jump over leaves, which should not be that difficult, but it is. And it's wet, and and as I'm jumping, it used to be—I don't know this uh, phrase—back when I was, you know, maybe 12 or 13. Boom shaka laka, we used to say that all the time. Boom shaka laka. So I'm riding on my huffy bike again, and I'm jumping over leaves, saying, "Boom shaka laka, boom shaka laka, boom shaka laka, boom shaka laka." I'm jumping over leaves, bunny hopping over leaves. Boom shaka laka, boom shaka laka, boom shaka laka. And the only thing is when I jump over this one leaf, it must have been a killer leaf, my bike stopped and I flew in the air and I smacked again my face on the pavement. As I did, promise to God, I hit it and I said, boom shakalaka. (laughs) So I I say all that, I say all that and I have lots more. (laughs) But we don't have all night. I say all that to say that all of us have wounds. All of us have been wounded. And I know what I'm talking about physically right there. Some of you have been wounded physically, but tonight some of you have been wounded emotionally, have been wounded spiritually. And where they all look differently, they all hurt. They all cause pain. They all cause you to live differently, to act differently, to take different risks, to believe differently, to hope differently. And I know some of you, even on live stream tonight, you're watching from your home. You're watching from your home and you've been hurt. You've been wounded. There's been this battle that you've been in and this battle that you're facing and you don't live the same way that you used to live. You don't hope the same way. You don't talk to people the same way. You don't do anything the same because of a wound that happened to you. And so tonight, like I said, with the title of this message being Battle Scars, I want to talk about those wounds. I want to talk about those wounds and what causes those. What causes those wounds, and my prayer is by the end of this night, many of us in here would make a decision to not leave here with the wounds that we have. That we can leave here healed, we can leave here in a, a different state, we can leave here with, with, with something in our mind that says, God, I thank you that, that, that this happened to me, but I will not let this thing rule over me. Because a lot of you are victims. You are, and you have the right to say that you were, because you were hurt, you were wounded. Something bad did happen. But just because you were doesn't mean you have to be. Doesn't mean you have to live that way. And I want to read you this, this story in Deuteronomy chapter 25 and verse 17. It says this, remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you were coming out of Egypt. This is God speaking to the Israelites. Remember what Amalek or your enemy did to you on the way out as you were coming out of Egypt. How he met you on the way and attacked your rear ranks. All the stragglers at your rear when you were tired and weary. And he did not fear God. Remember what he did. When you're on your way out of the promise. When you're on your way out of slavery. When you're on your way out of something. Remember what happened when you're on your way out. See, this, this is what I've noticed in people's lives is when you're in the middle of the fight, you get this adrenaline rush. Physically or mentally, you get this adrenaline rush pumping through your body. And when you're in the middle of the fight, you don't really notice what's happening. But just like what happened here, as soon as the Israelites got out of the mess, as soon as they got out of slavery, that's when the enemy came to the section of the Israelites. who the Bible said right here was at the back, was at the rear, was weary, was tired, was worn down, was beat up. And it wasn't until after they got out of Egypt that the enemy came to them. It wasn't until they got out of something that they actually noticed. Man, I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm broken. And that's the truth with a lot of us tonight. Is when you were in the fight, you didn't notice it because of the adrenaline, because what you were going through. But now you're sitting here. It's been a year. It's been two years. It's been five years. It's been twenty years, or maybe it's just been a week, and now it's starting to hit you. Now it's starting to hit you that now, man, I'm wounded. I'm wounded. And you're thinking back to what happened to you and you're thinking back to what these people did to you and what this relationship did to you and what this leadership did to you and and what happened in your life and now you're thinking about it and now you're wounded. And now it's hurting you and it's changing the way that you trust and it's changing the way that you hope and it's changing the way that you worship and it's changing the way that you give and the way you believe and the way that you do everything. And it didn't affect you until you got out of something. And now that you're out, it's changing everything around you. And you don't remember who you used to be anymore. And you said this, that man, I will never let that thing happen to me again. I will never let somebody hurt me again. I will never let somebody wound me again. I will never let that that person get close to me and, and, and change me and get close. Because anytime anybody gets close to me, they wound me. And they hurt me. And a lot of us are in that place right now. You know that you just got out of something, but it's finally hitting you. It's finally hitting you that you're hurt. It's finally hitting you that you're wounded, that you're broken. And you know it because you're not living the life that you used to live. you know, doing what you used to li- do. And we see here that the enemy comes and he picks out the ones who are in the back the ones who are in the most vulnerable place. Because you know this, in, in our life, if, if we were to be able to pick a time or a place, yeah, you can hit me in my finances, but don't touch my kids. You can hit me in this thing, but don't touch this thing. And we all want to pick the place that we get attacked, but we can't. And it comes in, 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 the, in the enemy every single time wants to find the place of your most vulnerable position. He wants to find your weakest area. He wants to find that place that you said, not this area, not this. I just went through this thing. I faced this thing. Why can't it hit me face off? I can take it then, but I can't handle it when it's my family. I can't handle it when it's my finances. I can't handle it when it's this thing. But he always comes to what the Bible says is our rear ranks from behind because he fights dirty, because he plays dirty. He doesn't want to hit you where you can handle it. He wants to hit you where he can take you out. And so many of you right now, you're in that place. And we don't trust anymore because we're afraid that man is going to hit us in that place that we're most vulnerable. And we don't live to our potential. We don't live to what God is calling us because of what happened to us. And we have this wound. And it's ruling the way that we live. It's ruling the way that we act. It's ruling the way that we worship, like I said before. And they come and attack. And they attack you at the rear in their most vulnerable place. And the Bible says that then they attack the stragglers. The ones who were isolated from the rest. The ones who were separated from everybody else. Separated because of their wound. Sometimes, Sometimes we actually don't. It's not other people who separate us. It's us separating ourselves. It's us separating ourselves because we think that we are the only one with this problem. And you've isolated yourself from everybody else. And as soon as you isolate yourself, the enemy picks up on it and capitalizes on your isolation. And he finds you in the middle of your isolation and he comes to you and he whispers in your ear and says, yeah. Yeah. You should keep, you should keep having this grudge against these people. You should continue in this bitterness. You should continue in this thing. And you believe the lie that you're the only one with this problem and the more you do, the more you isolate yourself from everybody else. And here's the dangerous part about it, is as soon as you isolate yourself, the devil gets around you and he circles around you and the next thing you know, you don't know where everybody is anymore. You don't know the right way to go, you don't know the path to walk on, you don't know where you should go because of the wound that happened to you and they got you isolated and you can be in the middle of a church service but feel like you're all alone. You could be in the middle of an encounter with God and feel like you're the only person and nobody understands. And why are these people so happy? Is it because they don't have wounds? Is it because I'm the only one? And we buy into that lie that we're the only one with that problem. And he loves it. And he capitalizes on it. And he surrounds us. So now we don't know where to turn. We don't know where to go. We don't know what to do. And then he hits those who are tired. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of day after day after day dealing with the same addiction, with the same depression, with the same anxiety, with the same spouse that we keep fighting. I'm so tired of it. And we go tired and we grow weary. And when we do, he capitalizes on our weakness. In the middle of the storm, he comes to us and tries to tell us you're the only one. Why don't you just get out of it? Why don't you just run away from this place? And we look and we think that the path that the rest of the people that that we're around is walking on is too difficult for us to walk. And so we back away from that. And we make our own path. We make our own journey. And we go our own way. And that's the life we live. Because of a wound. Because we've been wounded. Because we've been hurt. And he comes in. And he tires us down even more. And then he speaks to you and says, it's okay to think that way. It's okay to feel that way. You're right. You shouldn't trust them again. You shouldn't rely on them. In fact, there's people, right now you're at home. You're at home not because you couldn't be here. You're home because you chose to be here. You chose to be at home by yourself because you've bought into the lie that you're the only one. You've bought into the lie that you're the only one. And you said to yourself, before you even came, you're about to get up. And you were about to walk here and drive here. And you said, I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired. I'm just so broken. I'm just so weary. I'm so wounded. You don't know what people have done to me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you're struggling with tonight. I don't know what pain you have. I don't know what wounds you have. I don't know how deep it is. I don't know who caused it. And I'm not here to tell you that it doesn't exist. I'm not here to tell you that it's just gonna disappear tonight because that would be foolish and that's actually not the intention of God. The intention of God is not to make your pain disappear. The intention of God is for you to overcome it so you can use your pain. So you can use your pain, your disappointment and your hurt. David cuts off the head of Goliath and he doesn't leave it there. He picks up his greatest pain and takes it everywhere he goes. He carries his pain. Not to make him feel like he's a failure, to remind all his enemies, look what I did with my pain. Try to cause me pain again. Because this is what I do. This is how I deal with pain. This is how I deal with giants. This is how I deal with this thing. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Sometimes you just got to keep that thing off to the side and bring it back up again to remind the devil you did it once, you're going to do it again. But first we have to realize and recognize that you do have a hurt and that you're not living the life that God called you to live. You're not living the life you know, making the choices you should make. I Man, I wish I could just have passion, like Pastor Matt and Pastor Loren. I wish I could be that close to God. And you say I wish, but you disqualify yourself already because of the wound that you have and the hurt you have. Some wounds have been inflicted by others, but some have been self-inflicted, and you've done it to yourself. That wound is there, and it gets worse, and it gets infected, and it gets worse and worse because it never gets dealt with. Tonight, the goal, the mission is to deal with our wounds. It's to deal with those hurts. It's to deal with those issues in our life. When you're the weakest, the most hurt, when you feel the most isolated tonight, Some of you, even now, you came in just to sit because you can't even talk to anybody because it hurts so bad. You can't talk to anybody because you know if you do, you're going to break down and then everybody's going to know your secrets. Everybody's going to know your pain. Everybody's going to know your hurt. And so you walk in here after worship and you leave here right right when we dismiss just so you can get out so nobody can know that you're dealing with this thing. But what I understand is this, and what what, what I see is is for every problem, there's a solution. For every problem, there's a solution. To every hurt, there's a healer. And so the reason that these Israelites did not get defeated, the reason that they made it into the promised land, one, is because they stuck together. In the middle of the hurt, they stuck together. In the middle of their pain, they stayed together. They kept moving. They kept moving. Nowhere in the Bible does it say you're not gonna get knocked down. Nowhere in the Bible does it say it's gonna be easy. Nowhere does it say you're not gonna have times where everything feels like it's coming against you. But I know this, I know that if you get knocked down and keep getting back up again, that a time is gonna come where the devil just gives up. Let me tell you why. Because there's a thing called the fruit of the spirit. One of those is patient. And the devil doesn't have a fruit of the spirit. He doesn't have any of them. The Bible says that he roams around like a roaring lion. Why does he roam around? Because he's impatient. Because he's impatient. He roams seeking who he can devour, who he can take out, who he can mess with, who he can bring down. But he walks around. And man, if you resist for long enough, he just leaves you. Because he does, he's got no patience. He's got no self-control. He doesn't have any of those things. So he just gives up. The secret. The secret is not saying some elaborate prayer. The secret is not doing better things with your life. The secret sometimes and more often than not is just you getting better back up again and continuing to walk. Sometimes you're gonna walk with a limp, but it's better than not walking at all. Sometimes you gotta crawl to church. Sometimes someone's gotta put you in a wheelchair and push you here, but that's better than staying at home and believing that your wound is gonna keep you from all that God has for you. God's agenda is not for you to keep your wound. They got to where they were going because they continually remembered the promise. Because he who began a good work will be faithful to complete it. We think that when I fail, his promises change. But his promises remain. They got where they were going because every day they got up and said, I remember the promise. I remember the promise. I remember the promise. I remember the promise that I will have a strong marriage. I remember the promise that what God has brought together, no man shall separate. I remember the promise that when God has formed me, who or what shall stand against me. I remember the promise that I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above, not beneath. I remember the promise that nothing will be impossible with God. I remember the promise that He will do exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask or think. I remember the promise. I remember the promise of who he is in my life. I remember what he said about me. I remember that word that was given to me. I hold on to that thing. I remember the words and the people and what he said when I was a young boy. I'm gonna hold on to the promise because I know if I can just keep getting back up when I've been knocked down, I'm gonna get to that promise. I'm gonna get to that thing and I'm gonna get healed. I'm gonna get better. The agenda of God is not for you to keep your wound. Not for you to have that still sore that that is there and exposed and causing you pain. But just like every wound, when it properly heals, it leaves a scar. It leaves a scar. And the scar is evidence. It's evidence. And if I was to ask some of you, including myself, in the weakest moment of our life, we would think that that scar, that that scar is evidence that I was hurt. It's evidence that I was abused. It's evidence that I was wounded. And that's what we would say. But a scar is not evidence that you were wounded. It's evidence that you overcome. It's evidence that you're still here. The scar that you have is evidence that the devil tried to, but he didn't. He tried to, but he didn't. But so many of us are still in the wound phase, in the wound stage. And this is how I believe we know. I believe we know because when Jesus came and revealed himself to the disciples, he had scars. He kept his scars. He kept his scars because he wanted to remind the devil and everybody else that he was an overcomer. And his scars was a sign of him overcoming, not of him being defeated. Your scar is not a sign of you being defeated. It's a sign of you overcoming something. Don't be afraid to show people your scars. But this is what I realized. When Jesus shows up and he shows them the scars, you know what he says? Touch it. Touch the place that used to be a wound. And so if you you don't know where you are, if you don't know is this a wound or is this a scar, can people touch it? Are you okay with people putting their finger on it? And if it makes you do this, then I think there's still a little bit of soreness and wound and hurt there. Jesus was okay with them touching the scar because it didn't hurt him anymore. It didn't bother him anymore. All it was was a sign that he overcome. It was a sign that greater is he that is in me than he was in the world. It was a sign. So tonight, the the question I'm trying to ask you is this. The question that I have is what you're dealing with. Is it a wound or is it a scar? Is it still a wound? If I was to touch it and bring it up, would it still make you shrink? Do you move away from it? I can't talk about it yet. Then it's still a wound, and God wants to deal with that tonight. And the devil wants to lie to you and tell you that you're the only one. You're not the only one. All of us have scars. Reminding me that I'm an overcomer. Reminding me that when I got up, he didn't quit on me. He healed me. When we try to get our scars to disappear, God's trying to tell us now don't make it disappear. Show people. Here's where I was hurt. Touch it. Let me tell you about it. Because when I do, you'll get healing, and when you do, other people will get healing. We have some friends from New Zealand who are here. We can we can take this. You, you can take this down. They, um, uh, Bola and Esther, they're going to come out right now and join me. They're incredible. They're going to they're sing a song. Can we all just stand to our feet tonight? They're going to sing a song. And some songs, some songs we sing to God. But you know, there's also songs that God sings to us. And today, these guys wrote this song. In fact, Esther wrote this song. No, well, whatever. It's a great song. It's a great song. this song, I want you to stand right now and I want you just to close your eyes as they play and as they sing because this song is not a song that you sing to God, it's a song that God sings to you. It's a song that he wants to minister to you and he wants to walk you through this pain, this hurt and this wound. And we're going to sing this, they're going to sing this song over you and after they do, the worship team's going to come and we're going to sing a worship song and then I'm going to ask you to Come. I'm going to ask you to come, limping and all, wounded and all. And God's going to heal you. He's going to change your wound into a scar. And your scar will be evidence when you walk out of here that you're an overcomer, that you're healed, that you're better, that you're taken care of. So I want you just to do this right now. If you know that this is you, and I I just kind of made it easy for you to know. If you still got a wound, I want you just, everybody in here, I want you just to close your eyes. And I want you to let this song minister to your spirit. Let God move the deepest part of you. Let him come in. David says, search my innermost parts. Let God search you tonight.
2: Some days, it feels like you can run a million miles. Some days, you feel like you can't move. Some days, it feels like you could start a wildfire. Some days, the fire.
1: Just keep your eyes closed tonight. I'm going to open up the altar in about 30 seconds for you to come, for you to run. The the team's going to come right now, and we're going to start playing a song. And just with your eyes closed right now, I have this last thing to say to you, and this is it. That where you are right now is not your destination. Where you are right now is not the end. You are not in the end. You are not done. God is not finished with you. It might not it might look like it, but you know what? When Abraham was 75 years old, God called him out and says, I need you to get out of that place that you think is your final resting place. You think is the end of you, the end of your life. Because you might look right now, Will, I'm old. Is there really any hope for me? That's why God did it. At 75 years old, he waited. He waited. And then he said, get out of your place. Get out of your country, what you know. Get out of your father's house, your inheritance. Get out of your family's house, your identity. Get out of what you think you know and step into the promise I have for you. It is not your destination. It's your journey. It's your journey. You're on your journey. God's not done. He is not over with you. Whatever has happened to you might be a wound, but tonight it can just be a scar, just a mark. A mark that reminds you, reminds the devil that you are an overcomer. That greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. That nothing is too great for him to heal. And that's what God wants to do. And I'm going to count to three and then I'm going to ask you to come. And you're going to come and you're going to be vulnerable and you're going to expose your wounds to everybody. But until we expose it, God cannot heal it. you got to expose it so he can come in and fix that thing up. And the team is going to pray with you and they're going to minister with you. And God is going to heal you. And you're going to walk out of here knowing that the best is yet to come. So if that's you right now, I just want you to make your way from your seat and just come. Just come. You got a wound, and you need him to heal it. You got a wound, and you need him to heal it. You got a wound, you got a hurt, and you need him to heal it. You know you're not living to your potential. You know you're not living to the plan that God has for you. If you're not dead, God's not done. God is not done with you yet. He is only beginning to do something extraordinary in your life. Come on, let's sing this out. Let's worship.
0: Thank you so much for joining us online. We hope you had a powerful experience. We want to take this time to personally help you navigate the next steps in becoming connected. If you made a decision for Christ today, need prayer, or want more information about our church, go to our website, c3sandiego.com. And if you didn't get a chance to give online during service and would like to contribute financially, you can go to c3give.com and click on the giving option that works best for you. We look forward to hearing from you. See you at church.